Good afternoon, Vision Church. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. It's a good day because it's a day that he has made, and every day is a good day when God is involved. Welcome to our Wednesday night Bible study, and I'll be opening up with a scripture out of Matthew 6, verses 30 through 34. And it reads like this, but if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you? You are you of little faith. Do not worry then saying, what will we eat and what will we drink or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things for your heavenly father knows that you need all these things but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you so do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will care for itself each day has enough trouble of his own may god bless the readers the hearers and the doers of his word let us pray. Lord, our Father, we thank you for the day, the day that you have provided, God. We pray, God, that you continue to keep us and guide us, forgive us of our sins, forgive us for every thought, every deed that we have committed against your holy standard, God. You said that don't worry about anything that you will provide. Pray, God, give us strength right now to be able to just wait on you, God. We pray for this service today. We pray for a word, God, that will continue to give us guidance, continue to give us strength right now, God. We pray, God, for those that are on their way, you give them traveling grace. But more so, God, we're here to, uh, to serve you, to worship you, to praise your holy name. We pray right now, God, just show up in a mighty way that we may have strength in everything that we do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise on this tonight, on this evening, as we go into the song that says, He is the great I am. We worship the Lord with praise we'll sing, and we're shouting all the earth that Jesus is our King. He deserves glory, He deserves honor. Sing hallelujah as we bless His name. For He is the great I am. For He is. For he is the great I am. 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 We will worship the Lord. With praise we'll sing. And we'll shout in all the earth. He deserves glory. He deserves glory. He deserves honor. Sing hallelujah as we bless his name. For he is the great I am. 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 For he is the great I
great I am. For he is the great I am. For he is the great I am. For he is How many of y'all believe that? For he is the great I am. 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 Holy is he. Holy is he. Holy is he. Holy is he. For he is the great I am. 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 Come on, let's give God a hand clap of praise, y'all. Amen. How many believe that he is the great I am? Come on, let's thank him today. How many believe that? 
Come on. For he is the great I am. 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 All right, give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. 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 How many believe that he is? He is the great I am. Come on. Amen. When you think about God and you think about who he is. Amen. Amen. How many are grateful tonight to be here in the presence of God tonight? Amen. Our children are, amen, they're getting ready for their uh, resurrection uh, time together. Amen. Thank you, ushers. Amen. They're getting ready to, um, amen, to uh, share what they've learned about Jesus. Amen. Amen. I want to say good evening again to everyone. Grateful to God that he has blessed us to be here on another Wednesday night for Bible study. We've been digging into the thought and we've been lo looking at, um, I'm not sure if everyone has their um, their handouts, but we've been talking about when fasting and prayer goes together. Amen. Got a little bit more I'm going to do on fasting. Okay. I'm going to talk about the different types of fast, um, why fasting is important. Amen. So we're going to, we're going to be dealing with this, uh, throughout this season while we're in the fasting now. Amen. How many of you doing? How many of you doing all right with the fasting? <laughs> Amen, 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 amen. There are some days that you struggle, and when you start struggling in those days, I believe you got to change your focus. I believe your focus has to go back on why you're fasting. Whenever you start thinking to yourself, man, I, I, you know, I can't do this anymore, it's real important that you understand why you're doing it, Amen. We talked about when fasting and prayer goes together that when we want to communicate, when we want to have communion with God, right? Uh, when when we want to when we want to be empowered, and victories have to be won. How I many want to win some battles? How I many need some victories in your life? Amen. Right. And last week, I we looked at we we looked at amen. We looked at. And we said that when confession needs to be made and forgiveness needs to be sought, right? Um, man, join me Sunday at nine, boy. I got, I got a good, I got a good one on this Sunday at nine o'clock. I got a good one this Sunday. And it kind of aligns with this, right? Let me just say this. As a believer, if you have no conviction, when you sin, it means that there's a problem. What problem do you think it is? What do you think the problem is? Heart problem, right? Maybe you've become very hardened by the effects of sin. 
Come on, help me somebody. And when you become, when you and I begin to ignore the, um, the unctioning of the Holy Spirit, the move of the Holy Spirit in sin, when living in sin, when practicing sin, and if you would keep ignoring his leading, his unctioning to you, uh, you and I are in a bad place. Okay? So what we talked about last week, we saw that when David did not confess his sins, and we saw that, he, where was he at? He was not where he's supposed to be. He was exposed spiritually, emotionally, physically. You know, Satan knows how to set traps, but sometimes he doesn't have to try hard with us because there's certain patterns and certain things that he has already, uh, he has already observed about you that don't, can I say this to you? Satan knows you. I wish I had somebody. Not only does he know you, but he knows your weaknesses. Don't ever think that he's a, a red, in a red suit with a horn and he's got a pitchfork on. Satan doesn't operate like that. Satan is a force. Okay? And he shows up. Hello, somebody. But he knows, he plots, he plans. Do you not think that he knew that David was going to be there? Come on, y'all. You know, uh, as you read through 1 Samuel chapter 7, uh, and it says as you compare it to James chapter 4, let's go to James chapter 4 tonight. Amen. James chapter 4, verse 9. Look what it says. It says what? This is where David was, you know. After one year of unconfessed sins, he became callous to the things that was going on in his life. And listen, I want to say this to you. If you don't feel like you feel convicted, if you have no doesn't make any sense. If you didn't have, if you don't have any conviction for your sins, then you definitely need to fast and pray. And ask God, please, God, help me to feel. Help me to really understand that what I'm doing is not right, but I'm asking you to break this chain. I'm going to talk about that Sunday. Verse 9, it says what? Be miserable and what? Mourn and weep. Let your laughter turn into what? Mourning. And your joy into what? Gloom. Well, let's back up to verse 7. It says submit yourself. And so I believe that through fasting and prayer, when fasting and prayer goes together, it is by you first submitting yourself. What does it mean to submit yourself? The word there is hupotasso. The word hupotasso means to bring yourself under, under the control of the Holy Spirit, under the control of God. Put your, place yourself in the right rank. <laughs> Amen. In other words, make Jesus Lord. You understand, you understand what I'm saying? Here's the thing. How many of you, and I asked you this last, how many of you need a breakthrough? Not, not want, but need a breakthrough? 
I mean, you want and need God. I'm talking about you have a need for God to answer because there are some things in your life that you're trying to fix or you're trying to improve or you're trying to get better at. But but listen, but you've been trying for a long time. Why is it not working? Why aren't we seeing change? So the next best thing that the believer has to do is to what? Is to submit themselves, but to fast and pray. Come on, help me today. He says, submit yourself to God. Resist the what? And he will flee. So in your fasting and your praying, I, 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 I hear people say, Satan, I rebuke you. Get behind me, Satan. The Bible never tells you to rebuke Satan. Never. It doesn't tell you to tell Satan to get behind you either. But what it does say is to do what? Resist. That word resist means to what? Oppose. To oppose him, to not go along with what he's suggesting. To stand, to withstand something. Are you following me? Listen, either you're for God or you're against God. (laughs) And when you resist Satan, it means that he says resist the devil and you have to resist him firm in your faith. He says, and what does he do? He will flee from you. You see the text? But how do we resist him, though? Through fasting and through prayer. And by submitting to God. Come on, somebody. By surrendering to God. Oh, I wish I had somebody. And by sanctification, which is the ability to grow, but the ability to get closer to God. So, so, so the devil will not leave you if he knows you won't resist him. <laughs> Do I have anybody? I, I, I want to say this to you. He won't leave you. Come on, somebody. If he knows you won't resist him because he already knows that some things you're just going to give in on. Ouch, amen, or thank you. And then after you feel guilty, like David, but then you ignore your guilt, is this making sense? And you continue to live as if you were not guilty. Whenever a person can't look me in the eye, I already know. I'd be like, well, <laughs> guess they, <laughs> you know, they, you know, you, when a person can't look in the eye, what does that mean? That means what? Well, they either got something to hide or they're ashamed. I'm a, man, I'm all in my Sunday message. I must have studied.
Uh-oh. A cheater. But who are you cheating on? Look what he says. You adulterers? I don't understand. This, this stuff be tripping me out. Do you not know that what? Notice that he considers friendship, not intimacy, friendship as what? Adultery. Lord have mercy. This is why I wanted you all to get the concept about building relationships with other believers in the church. Because if most of our friends are out in the world and them be our besties, what does that mean? And if you are a believer and your besties ain't converted, then how are you living before that? If they're not seeing a difference in you, then can we truly say that you have a deeper relationship with God? Come on, say amen now. Don't, don't let me lose you now. He said, do, do you not know that, that, that friendship with the world is what? Toward who? How can you draw close to God if most of your interactions are worldly? I want to fast and pray, but I want to, I want to slay on the other side. You understand what I'm saying? I want, to, I want to live on two sides of the fence, you know. You see, can't, can't do that. He says, look what he says. He says, it's hostility towards God. Therefore, whosoever wishes to be a friend of the what? Makes himself what? You know what I found out? The devil, if he leaves you alone, it's for two reasons. Number one, you've resisted him. Number two, you're on his side. He says, you're an enemy of God. We are enemies of God. Or do you think the scripture speaks to no purpose? God is jealous. Why do I need to fast and pray? It brings me closer. It brings me into an intimate relationship with him. But I realized that God is a jealous God. I mean, you know, he's a jealous God. Does that matter? He says, he says, he jealously desires the spirits which he what? Which he has made to dwell in us. But he gives a what? Oh, man. Therefore, it is said, God is opposed to the pride. But he gives grace. That's what I prayed this morning. Lord, help me to, to be an humble man. Not a proud man, but an humble man. Because I realize I get greater grace in humility than I do with pride. Are you following me? He says, submit yourself, therefore, to God. And, and when you submit your God, you know, the way you resist Satan, as I said earlier, is by your submission to God. That's how you are able to resist him because you are in a submitted position with God. You've placed yourself under his guidance, under his care, under, un, under his concern. 
Come on, somebody. And he's conforming you to the image of Christ. So therefore, you are able to submit to God. And then he says, you will be able to resist the devil. And aren't you glad that you have a weapon that you can use? Not just prayer, not just fasting, but through your submission to God. Lord, help me to submit to you, God. Lord, I want to pray and I want to fast, but I want to submit to you so that I might be able to resist the evil one who is trying to destroy me. Then he says, notice what he says. You got to catch the words here, okay? Watch the words, okay? You see it? There's the word submit. Then in verse 8, there's the word what? Draw. Draw near to God. The reason a lot of people can't draw near to God is because they're not submitted to God. You understand what I'm saying? Watch the text. Watch this. He says, and he will draw near to you. Psalm 46 and 1. Somebody pull that up. Psalm 46 and 1 says what? Psalm 46 and 1. <laughs> what does it say? May I ask you a question? Do you feel God is what? A refuge and strength? A very what? In when? Where? When? How? When? How? In time of trouble. God is our refuge and strength a very present help in a time of trouble. So here's the thing. It's when you're in trouble, you get to see God in this way. But here's the thing. As you're drawing closer to God, watch this. He says he in turn will draw near to you. It's called reciprocation. It's called proximity. I want this to be practical enough for you to walk out with it, with it today, okay? So here's where I want to go with this, okay? Here's what I want to share with you, okay? Some of us lack intimacy with God. The only way that we can rectify that is that we have to stop allowing the Satan to stop you by resisting him. Do you know the only thing that's stopping your prayer from being answered is the enemy? Do you know the Bible declares in the book of Revelation that he goes before God day and night? And you know what he does? He accuses you before God. Are you giving him ammunition to speak against you? And here's what he does. He accuses you before God because he does not want you to receive your full blessings from God. That's how the devil works, y'all. He's not a friendly fellow. Don't think that he's friendly. Don't think that he has your best interest in mind. Uh, but I want to draw near to God. I, and, and in fasting and prayer, you're able to draw near to him. You're able to submit to him. You are more sensitive to the submission to God. You're more sensitive to drawing closer to him because you're fasting and praying. Come on, somebody. Look what he says. He says, cleanse your heart and, and, and your, cleanse your 
cleanse your hands. I wonder why he says that. What do you think? What do you think that means? <laughs> Notice he uses three body, three parts of the body. The hands, the heart, and the mind. You're praying, but you're still stealing. <laughs> you stop stealing, but your heart is hard. Make sense? Double-minded means you're praying, but you're doubting at the same time. That's why you got to go back to James chapter 1. Let's flip on back to James chapter 1. Double-minded. This is not the first time that James talks about being double-minded. And so I want to show you these three things that, 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 is, that is important for you and I as we're praying and fasting, we're submitting, we're drawing, we're resisting, but we have to make sure that with our hearts, with our hands, and with our minds, it is aligned with one single purpose. And that is to seek God. Oh, that I may know him. But if my hands are still involved in hands suggest action, hands suggest you, you, you're involved in things that, yeah, that's why he says purify them. Hey, do you not know we sin with the members of our bodies? Yes, Lord. And, and remember, your flesh is still under the curse. Your soul has been saved, but you're not alone because God is near also, you ready, to the brokenhearted. God is also near to the one who resists the devil, the one who submits to him, and the one who draws near to him. Is this making sense? Is it? Watch this. Watch this. James chapter 1, verse uh, 6. Well, verse 5. But if any of you lacks what? All right. What does he say to do? Did he say, did he say ask? Do you ask God for wisdom? Mm -hmm. Are you just asking, Lord, help me? Help me get through this. I believe that if you ask God for the wisdom to get through that, you'll probably get out faster. Ah, God, give me the wisdom. See, we don't pray for the right things. God, he says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. How do you know you lack wisdom? Because you keep making the same mistakes over and over and over. And how many, how many keep making the same mistakes over and over again. See? Look what he says. He says, now God, give me wisdom. He says, let him ask of who? God, who gives to all what? Without what? I don't know why, what that's all about. What does that really mean? Like when God gives you something, he's going to talk about it. He's not going to say, look what I gave you. Right? And it will be given to him. It's an emphatic. Okay? In that, in that, that whole phrase, it's an emphatic statement. It will happen. 
Verse six, it's conditional though. So whenever you look at, whenever you look at scripture, you have to look at wherever there's a principle, there's also a promise. And wherever there's a promise, either the promise is unconditional or conditional. So this is, there's a condition that comes with this. It's a cause and effect, right? What's, what's, the, what's the need? I need wisdom. Who do I ask? God. How does he give it? Generously. <laughs> what's the quality of what he gives? Without reproach. All right, what are the chances of me getting it? I'm going to get it. But introduces (laughs) cause and effect. But he must ask what? Lord, we're talking about fasting and praying. I want to see some of you conquer some of the greatest giants that you have in your life. I want to see some of you rise to the occasion and move past some of the mediocrity that you're dealing with in your life right now. Move from elementary to to advancing your faith. That will not happen if you do not have faith. He must ask with faith. It It is the main ingredient for fasting and prayer. The main ingredient. Asking in faith without what? Doubting. For the one who doubts is like the what? Surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For that man or woman ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord. Being what? Unstable in all his ways. I imagine sometimes. You know what that word means when it says double-minded? It means to vacillate between two opinions. It's like you're believing on one hand, but then you're doubting on the next hand or you pray in that moment you get all excited and geeked up in church and you pray about it and then by the time you walk outside you start thinking man these bills are still here this situation hasn't changed and that's probably why it hasn't changed because the moment you ask God you didn't believe see if we're going to really fast for breakthroughs We can't be unstable in our ways, double-minded. Go back to chapter four. Go back to chapter four. And the reason I want to go back to chapter four, because you see in definition, you see what a double-minded person looks like, right? Double-minded person looks like what? A person who's what? Unstable in all their ways. Come on, say amen. Right? Is that right? And and what does he say? He says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands. Amen? Uh, That word cleanse simply means uh, to purify. And how 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 do we cleanse our hands? How do we purify our hands? You know? Does anybody know? Confess and repent. 
You can't blame everybody for why your life has turned out the way it has. You can't do that. Your hands was involved in it. But, but the things that have happened to you, it, it's not to destroy you, it's to make you better. Well, watch what he says. He says, cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. God, you know what God desires from us? In fasting and prayer? A pure heart. How do you know a person has a pure heart? No, 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 no. Let's back it up. How do you know you have a pure heart? Because that can be very deceiving. You know, when you say, how do you know a person has a pure heart? Fruit that you bear? How do you know you got a pure heart? You got to be true to you. You got to be honest with you, like for real, like you have no motive. You can be real about you. You can't speak for anybody else, but when you open your mouth, you're speaking truth. Because your truth comes from your heart. But here's, a, here's another way you can tell your, if your heart is pure. Look at your actions. Look at your reactions. Mark talks about it. Out of the heart comes a lot of junk. But he says, purify your hearts, you double-minded. Verse 9, be miserable and mourn and weep. Let your laughter turn into mourning and your joy to gloom. He says, humble yourself in the what? In the presence of the Lord. And he will what? He will exalt you. Humility. What is humility? The Greek word means to be brought low, to remain low. Remember this. Ready? Water does not flow to high places. Mm, don't miss that. If you stay low, God will nurture you. But if you puff yourself up with pride, water can't reach you. You are self-driven now. And fasting humbles you. Prayer humbles you. Don't let your circumstances be the thing that's always humbling. You know how people get prideful after they have not been through anything for a little while? They get comfortable. One thing I learned in this Christian life, don't ever get comfortable. The moment you let your guard down, Satan is there. Moment you start feeling like you have arrived to a certain place spiritually, be careful. Just be careful. Just stay humble. Stay low. Fasting puts you in the presence of God. Fasting puts you at his feet in a position and in a posture of humility. And if I desire anything in this life, it is to continue and it is to work on my humility. I wish I had somebody. You know why? 
because of what he says about humility. He says that God resists the proud, but he gives greater grace to who? The humble. Number five, here's another reason why we fast and pray. When we need guidance, Luke chapter 12, I'm sorry, 6, verse 12. Um, Jesus here is choosing the 12. But check this out. Jesus goes to a place. Can I ask you a question? Do you have a place where you meet God? It's so important that you consecrate that place. You commemorate that place. Amen. Why? Because that place may be the place that you get your breakthrough at. Whenever you need guidance on a decision that you have to make. Some of us got some tough decisions that we have to make in our lives, correct? Here's the thing. We read in Luke, what does it say? Read this for me, someone. Now, imagine this. Here is Jesus. Talking about Jesus. What is he getting ready to do? Choose his 12 disciples. He hadn't chosen them yet. He's getting ready to spend three years of his ministry with these guys, and one of them was an unbeliever. Judas, that is. The one that betrayed him. So sometimes in your prayer, God has to put a bad apple in there. <laughs> See, we pray and all we expect is good stuff. But those bad stuff that comes your way may be the very thing that God is using to make you better. See? Because if we're, our expectation all the time is just good, 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 then when the bad stuff happens, you're going to be disappointed with God. Lord, have mercy. I just said something. So I'm trying to help somebody tonight to let you know that, yes, you may have some things that you may not like that comes along with the package. You think Jesus, like, didn't know that Judas was going to betray him? You think that Jesus didn't know that these 12 disciples were not going to go turn their backs on him? Of course he knew that. He was God. But the difference is we don't know who's going to betray us. <laughs> we don't know what comes tomorrow. But here's what we do know. We know that God will never leave us nor forsake us. We know that we have a God who will guide us and protect us and a God who will keep us in the midst of whatever we're facing. Look what he says. He says at that time he went off to the mountain to pray. And what did he do? He spent the whole night in prayer. Verse 13. And when day came, he called his disciples to him 
and chose 12 of them whom he also named as what? Apostles. Imagine, do you think he got his answer? Let me ask you a question. He did get his answer because he, out of all the disciples, he chose 12. How did he know which ones to choose? Come on, y'all. You have a decision to make. You have stuff that you want to move on, things that you want to do with your life, things that you feel like, you know what, I want to, I want to take care of this, I want to do that. But you just pray like three minutes and be done with it. You haven't really travailed. You haven't really, this is the kind of prayer that, that, that this, this kind of prayer right here is sacrificial prayer. You know what I found out about most believers? We are really lazy in our prayer time. We just pray, God, God, thank you. And, and Lord, I want to just, um, and, and yeah, Lord, and, and, and yes, Lord, and thank you, Jesus. And, and, and yeah, about that. And then all of a sudden, right, we, we expect an answer. Think about this for a minute. If you haven't invested nothing in it, why are you expecting it? See, the spiritual affects the physical. Now, you don't have to beg God, but you got to at least show that you're willing to commit some time in prayer for whatever it is that you're trying to receive from him. If it's for humility, just know that it's not going to happen. This is helping me. I don't know about you, it's helping me. Because listen, I, 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 I'm taking a turn in my prayer life right now. Why am I taking a turn in my prayer life? Because I don't want to just be going through the motions every day with God. Come on and help me somebody. But as I look at Jesus and as I look at him spending time, Jesus would constantly and consistently spend time with the Father in what? In prayer. He would seclude himself, but he would also move to a place where he will not be what? Distracted. Can I tell you one of the greatest distractions that I have in my life right now is this? This. I promise you, I'm trying to figure out how to take the flash off. You know, every time something comes in and flashes, I, I got to figure that out because it's, it's driving me nuts. Because I'm praying, right? And I got in the back of the closet and then it lights up and, you know, and it, it blinks against the wall. And then I'm like, and I'm having a deep conversation. I'm like, hold on, God. Let me <laughs> y'all ain't trying to hear me. I'm just trying to help y'all. Listen, I, listen, I want you all to understand these lessons are designed for you. This is the doctrine of prayer is what we're studying. And if you and I really want to see something happen, we have to change how we do it. Any questions? Any questions real quick? Any, any questions about this subject? Let me, let me open up for subject for questions. And tell me what you're struggling with in your prayer time and your fasting time. So maybe I can help you. I gave you several things tonight, the hands, the hands, the heart, the mind, the submission, the drawing near to God, the double-mindedness, 
Come on, y'all. Right. Correct. So that and that's the thing we have to address first, right? He says that first of all, if you lack wisdom, ask. But if you ask, don't ask doubting. You know, you work on that. But you're right. If you have, if your heart is not clear, clean. I'm trying to help somebody. Listen, we do these little short prayers and we, we, we're not, I, I believe that we can see more. You know how I asked you, how do you know your heart is pure? Look at the answers to your prayers. <laughs> Pay attention. And when you see God answering, you be like, man, my heart was right. Let me say this. You're not going to be perfect. When it comes down to sin, you're not going to be perfect. But when you have an a issue with someone, and you really haven't dealt with that, but you're carrying around, but you're ignoring it. And then saying that you oh, I'm going to get my praise. I'm going I'm to pray. Well, God, God's going to be like, God's like, wait, hold on a minute. You haven't dealt with the first things first. You know, remember the woman at the well? What did Jesus deal with the, before he healed her? Her sin. He exposed her sin. And when you're in fasting and prayer, especially when you're trying to get, listen, I don't know about you, but I have an urgency. We need some stuff done. I need some stuff done in my life. But I have to get serious about the process. What else? Pray. Fasting. Questions. Comments. Y'all all right? I don't know what's going on. There you go. That's the questions I need, y'all. Come on. How you stay more focused? I think what you have to do is you have to eliminate all distractions. Seriously, like, I, I know that I should not bring my phone in my prayer closet. I know this. But I, I, I talk myself into it. I justify it. You know, I used to go straight to the prayer closet. Now I go do a bunch of other things first before I get to the prayer closet. See what I'm saying? So, so what I try to do and what I've been trying to do, and I have to often break that cycle because... What I'm doing is I'm putting everything before God first thing in the morning. So what I have to do is I have to eliminate all distractions. And then when you're in prayer, if you're not, if you're not focused, then you're in the flesh. But that is. It's routine that you're dealing with now. You're not, you're not, in, you're not really in the spirit because when you're in the spirit, time means nothing. But you can tell that you have this, you've tapped into that 
And you're not thinking about how long you're there. You're thinking how longer I can stay here. Yeah, you got to revitalize that prayer time. Right. 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 Well, we don't do time. We don't spend time listening to God. No, we don't because we rush in there. Like, I got to get this done. I got to go. I got to get to school. I got to get to work. I got to get to wherever I need to be. So, so we don't. And, and, and here's our expectation of God. Here's our expectation of God. We want him to do everything we ask him to do. Come on. Now. And we wonder why there's a delay. It's not a denial. God will never deny you of anything. Do you know that? His answers are three ways. Yes, no, maybe, four ways. Or wait. Is it? Yes, no, maybe, or what? Wait. Okay, but here's the thing. But, but I cannot expect something from God if, if I don't have a conversation with him. And I have intimacy with him. So think about this for a minute. This is how married people end up becoming roommates. They start off well. Can't get off the phone with each other. They get married and then all of a sudden, this is why you get these big houses where you're on one side of the compound and the other one is on the other side of the compound and you need walkie-talkies and things to talk to each other. <laughs> Sometimes big is not better, y'all. Seriously, big sometimes can cause a whole lot of mess. Right. And you got to use walkie-talkies and intercoms to talk to each other. And so what happens after a while, it becomes a habit of just, hey, hey, you watch your show, she, you know, she watches her show, and then all of a sudden, time and years go by. And then you have no communication, but you still feel like you have a relationship. <laughs> but you really don't have a relationship. You just have a warm body there. You understand what I'm saying? Watch this. So therefore, when it comes time to talk about tough things, that's why you argue. Because you have not been constantly communicating throughout the relationship. Now let's bring that to God. Some of you have been saved a long time. A long time. But how close are you? How much, how much time do you spend really communicating with God? You know, when you show up to church, it's an act of worship and commitment. And some of us, this is about the only time we really, 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 really get deep with him, talk to him, you understand? But outside of this, if you make that relationship with him your number one priority, 
in prayer and give him quality time. My time. Give him quality time. You will begin to see the benefit. Listen to me real good. I'm closing this statement. The benefit of fasting. Not fasting because the church is fasting. I look forward to this 40 days of fast. I look forward to You know why? Because I know for the rest of the year, I know I'm tripping. I'm like, man, you know, I, I'm busy. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. But let me tell you what I do also. Like after fasting, after the 40 days, I try to do like every two months, I try to do like a seven-day fast, a three-day fast, a four-day fast. You know what I'm saying? Because there's certain things that I want, I'm asking God for, but I want my voice to be heard clearly in heaven. Okay. So I want you to just pay attention to you. you know, I don't want you to feel bad about your relationship with God, but I want you to just think about it for a minute. Like if, if, if the reality of your relationship is what it is, if it, if it's really what you think it is, what does God say about it? See? What does God really say about your, your relationship? Same God that you serve is the same God I serve. But what is he saying about this relationship? Amen. Give God a hand clap. Praise y'all. Thanking God tonight. That, that part got me my hands, my head, and my heart. That's an important piece to how I approach God. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's, uh, anyone needs prayer tonight? Does anyone need prayer tonight? Um, I want to pray for you tonight. Uh, does anyone need uh, God to answer prayer for you or whatever you need, whatever circumstance you're in tonight, whatever you're seeking God for tonight? Okay. What can I pray for you? Just pray. Just pray. Okay. Okay. Just pray. Amen. Anybody else? Amen. Okay, pray. Breakthrough, amen, amen. You'll get it, you'll get it. Listen, you know, if we take these principles and put it to practice, we will begin to see something, boy, that we've never seen happening before in our lives. The God we serve is powerful. Let this year be your year. Amen. Let it be your year, y'all. Let this year be. Let by December, you're saying, man, I hung in here and look at the. Listen, what could be what can listen do you, Even if Satan attacks you. You're going to come out better. Why? Because you have the ammunition. Because you're drawing near to God. Amen. Amen. All right. Okay. Uh, Let's, let's pray together. Father, thank you tonight. Thank you for the word and thank you for your people. Thank you, Lord, for uh, Sister Sarah is asking for prayer and uh, Alexis is asking for prayer and Sister Caroline is asking for prayer for her breakthrough, Reverend Lonzo. And God, we just pray right now, Lord, that you would touch their hearts and minds. God, I know you can hear us tonight, Lord. Show us, God. Let us see how powerful a God you are. And how great you are, Lord, and how wonderful you are, and how you can bring us through, Lord. And then, Lord, I just pray, Lord, for Sister Angie and her family right now. They've lost their brother today, Lord. Pray for them, that you would keep them, keep them strong, 
Keep them understanding, God, that absent from the body is to be present with you, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. And thank God. Amen. Amen. Let's uh, make ready to give, uh, give to God tonight. Amen. Thank God. Listen, we were, um, our deficit went down. Um, praise God for that. We are thanking God for all of you who have given to this church. And we believe that God is able. Amen. Thank you for those watching online. Thank you, Lord, that we made it another month, y'all. Amen. We made it another month, y'all. And um, we're going to bless the Lord with our gifts. All right. Right. Don't forget, in a couple weeks, we'll be getting ready. Uh, we'll be getting ready to uh, start our. Uh, we're getting ready for. Um, uh, we're getting ready for uh, Holy Week revival. Amen. We're getting ready for Holy Week revival. So every night. Uh, on April 10th, that 2 p.m., we'll be starting our, uh, we'll be celebrating our 20th year, TB Seminary, 20th year. I'm looking forward to all the members. We'll have one service at 11 a.m., and then we'll come back at 2 o'clock. We're going to have a great time celebrating 20 years of what God is doing for, the, for, for our seminary. Amen. Then uh, that week, Holy Week, every night, 7 p.m., we have a different preacher different pastor, different preacher come in, and we're going to be preaching and teaching the word of God. Join us as we get ready for that. Let's stand to be dismissed. Uh, those watching online, thank you so much. And um, thank you so much for doing that. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for the gifts. Thank you for the givers. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us the way you have. And thank you for the word tonight, God. What an amazing look, Lord. What an, a mighty look, Father God, of how we can really get closer to you, Father God, how we can really tap into our prayer life and draw close to you, Father God. Lord, let's look for uh, results now. Let's look for the outcome now, Lord. Give us safe traveling mercies as we leave this place, but never from your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank God. Vision Church, win, disciple, develop. God bless you. God keep using my prayer.